Dude, That Is Trippy, episode 170 for February 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices, and a spider example on this episode is the hardcover Spider-Man Inside the World of Your Friendly Neighborhood Hero. Now, this is a 200-page book, and it gives you some interesting facts about Spidey's world over the last 50 years. The cover price is $24.99. Mail order has it for just $18.74, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Also find them on Facebook. Just type in Mail Order Comics in the search bar. Welcome back, gang, to our last show for February. We start this episode with our recommendations from the gang. What's your recommendations for the month, sir? Uh, Scarlet Spider. Uh, obviously, that's very my good book. One. I read issue one. Uh, I liked it. Issue two makes makes uh, it even better. Nice. Uh, I'm not going to recommend using um, apparently iPhone Skype because they don't have a rejoin call button. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I um, my other recommendation is is uh. <sighs> I lost it. Never mind. It's not that important then. It wasn't much of a recommendation. <laughs> I recommend uh, short-term memory. <laughs> Go. Bertoni, what's your recommendation, sir, for the month? Uh, Big Bang Theory has been good this season. They just did an episode where, uh, a few months ago, you guys had an episode where you were talking about Siri because she was one of the recommendations, that like new iPhone thing. And and this was so funny, and of course, it's really topical. Like, one of the, like, really, really delusional guys on the show, he started, like, dating Siri, and, like, it got, like, really, really creepy, but it was hilarious. Um, recommending yeah, I Beatles saw that one. Tribute. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love this. Recommending uh, Beatles Tribute Cruise, because I just got off of it uh, yesterday. In fact, as, as we're doing this podcast, I'm driving home to the other side of the state. I've gone 120 miles since the podcast started. It, but that that, that wow. was a whole lot of fun, and it's imagine like did, uh, oh go ahead. Do, rec, do, do you recommend the new Paul McCartney CD that just came out with the does standards? I, I got it. I listened to it. It's it's got some good stuff, but the thing is, it's I, I don't know how to vocalize this, but Paul McCartney he's become like he needs to do more stuff like Live and Let Die, Rock Show. Like he can do some good rockers, and like. It's, I don't want to say he's become a joke, because when he does standards, he's done them well. But he's basically like, he needs to remember his rock roots and not become like this guy like Rod Stewart who does these standard albums. And it's, I mean, Paul's versatile, and it was an okay album, but I don't want Paul to become easy listening, because that's not how he was when he started out. But yeah, see, these cruises, imagine something like Comic-Con or whatever, and now imagine that on, like, a cruise ship, all expenses paid. On a boat. And imag- yeah, on a boat. And, ima- and imagine that, where, like, it's, it's, a much more, it's a much more intimate segment. Instead of going to these creator signings and panels, you have dinner with these people. You have one-on-one time with them. You, like, go swimming with them. It's, so I, oh, as that's a creepy. Fan, <laughs> say what? He goes, that's creepy if I'm going swimming with them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go well, hop in the, in the pool with Dan Slott. I, I, I went swimming with Zach. But, uh, wow. Paul, Paul McCartney started being, Paul McCartney became a joke when he married Heather Mills, then dumped her, and then wound up marrying another young thing right out of the crib. So, uh, uh, we, oh. The Beatles fans like his third wife much better than his second one. Heather Mills, uh, she is Who is his hate. third wife? 
yeah, she, Heather Mills is more hated than Yoko Ono, because at least Yoko has her. And on the oh, boat, we saw this Paul McCartney documentary, and it was done at the time when he was married to Heather, but it was, like, just released this last year. Heather is not in the dang thing at all. They did a lot of editing to get her out of that movie, because she was by his side, like, that whole time, so. Wow. Any other recommendations, sir? Uh, let's see. Beatles Tribute Cruise. Uh, go see Star Wars in 3D, because it's fun to see Star Wars in theaters. Yeah, I mean, is it worth paying 10 bucks to see it again in 3D when I've got it on the DVD shelf? Uh, probably not. But, I mean, if, <laughs> if, 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 if you can afford to go to the movies, it's like a fun thing to do, and it's better than seeing, you know, like celebrities have sex. But <laughs> Okay. Wait, what? All right. Well, now, wait a hot shit minute now. <laughs> Depends on who you're talking about. I mean, like, if you're talking about uh, George Went, sure. But, I mean, if you're talking about, you know. Way to bring the George Went back into you, it. If you're talking God. like someone like Christina Hendricks or something, I'm going to have to take umbrage. <laughs> I'll concur All with right, George. George, recommendation, sir. Um, I've been watching uh, this British uh, BBC show called uh, Downton Abbey. It's, it looks like downtown, but it's actually Downton, like D O, like down T O N. Okay. Uh, and it's just it's full of like it's set in like a manor, and it's set at uh, right after the series starts right after the Titanic sinks, and it starts going from that point forward, you know. And there's all this family drama, and it's showing the differences and the similarities between the the Lord and Lady, and like all the wait staff, and it it's been really interesting, and it's very well written. Uh, so that's one thing that I'm enjoying right now. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else really, uh, aside from, you know, being buried in work. In Fight Club, we're about to start um, uh, the uh, Star Wars versus Marvel event, where oh, wow. every, every fight has to feature at least one Star Wars character and one Marvel character. Um, that would be neat. Yeah, so that's oh, about that's to start cool. up. Yeah, that that's about to start, and... Um, Anything else? Uh, what if someone uses a Marvel, like a Marvel comic Star Wars character from when, like Marvel Comics has a Star Wars license? Well, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, that, that's fine. It has to be at least one Marvel character and one Star Wars character. At that point, like if somebody started off and played and chose somebody who had been in the Marvel Star Wars comic, then that other person can at that point choose either a Marvel or a Star Wars character. That's That'll cool. be my ruling on that. I doubt that's going to happen. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to get things like yeah, I'm sure you'll get things like Wolverine versus Darth Maul or whatever. Cool. Anything else, George? Um, I recommend uh, um, avoiding Valentine's Day because damn. Oh. You know, just say no to Valentine's Day. Actually, Aww. on Facebook, I changed my. I agree with that. Picture. <laughs> I changed my profile picture. I found that like a Charlie Brown Valentine DVD, and I and I changed the wording on it to uh, she cl- uh, she clowned you, Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> if you go and look at my Facebook page, you'll actually see. Here I'm going right now. Yeah, and then uh, and then underneath that, I put on there bonus TV special. Just stay in bed today, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh, man. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah. All right, that works. Uh, who are, Jr., we haven't heard your recommendations. That's because I don't have a goddamn one. 
It's been a thoroughly thir- no, it's been a thoroughly miserable month, so I don't have a one. So all I recommend is don't have kids because then you got to worry about paying for them to go to school. Oh boy, man. Donovan, recommendation, sir. Poor Eeyore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so far, Donovan on the show has insulted Jr. and myself. I love it. Sex. <laughs> uh, no, that's not what I'm playing. You recommend sex, um, but not not in this comic book, though. <laughs> no, no. Uh, real talk. I, I'm gonna I'm recommend my show the last time because I think that with the third episode out uh, next to Mission Dragon Ball Z podcast. It is a good place to kind of get on the ground floor. There's a lot of stuff to go over that's, that might be interesting to people unfamiliar with DBZ, like uh, the wacky, uh, glorious, and undignified ways characters die. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, re- I recommend that, dbznextdimension.listen.com. And I'll also recommend a really good movie I saw uh, from my campus library, uh, 1955's Kiss Me Deadly. I don't know if you guys have heard or seen that, but that's a hella good like film noir movie where – like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on like a Mickey Spillane novel with a Mike Hammer character, and it's incredibly good. I mean, it's straight out of film noir, like the best. Which I was surprised how this is probably the most, the most rated R '50s movie I've ever seen because it's after the Code, but um, you know, it's violent, it's dark. You know, the women are you know sexual and mischievous, and the men are violent and ugly, and it's nasty, and I love it. So it's 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 a lot of fun, and it's it's really really fascinating, and they have a. If you find the DVD somehow, there's a great commentary by uh, two uh, film noir critics who talk about like the production and what was going on, the differences between the novel space on everything. So I would recommend that, 1955's Kiss Me Deadly. Sounds like a DC comic. But in... It's actually... I've had I, I the, the 1980s hair metal Kiss Me Deadly song in my head that whole time. <laughs> yeah, I heard it as a song as well. That's a Lita Ford, isn't it? Yeah. Kiss me. Oh, yeah, that's a good song. Oh, she was hot back in the day. Oh, yeah, dude. Boy, she didn't like to fire you. What was right? You know what I'm talking about, Doug? <sighs> what? what <laughs> you mumbled that. What'd you say? <laughs> I said if she didn't like your fire, your wood was wet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> her in that. Uh, her, her, in that her in that busty blonde gunboat from Heart, man. Nancy Wilson. Oh, yeah. Lord that's have mercy. You need, you need backup for something like that. Good God. <laughs> That's that's too much. That's oh, oof. Oh my God, that, you're freaking on fire, George. Uh-huh. Uh, you're on fire. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, Don, anything else, sir? Uh, no, that's it. That's it. All right. Does that just leave me? I believe. So. Unfortunately. Oh, oh, oh wait. Hey, Brad, tell him about the uh, tell him about the spider bear pup you got for your kid. Oh yeah. I, yesterday we went to the Springfield Mall. And Missouri, and uh, we went in the Build-A-Bear, which I've never been in a Build-A-Bear before. And uh, they have a Spider-Man suit that you can put on your bear. And I'm like, oh, sold. <laughs> <laughs> so Ava and I went around, and we looked for the different – I held one up, and she goes, no, 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 not that one, no. And then okay. she held up – then I held up this bear that has, like, hearts on its paws, and I'm like – Hmm, those could be web shooters. And <laughs> wow. and I held it up to her and she goes, Yes. And she hugged it. And so then we went and we went and uh put a um uh you have to put the stuffing in the bear 
and she was kind of scared of the machine. You can hit these little buttons. You can hit these little buttons that add kindness and sweetness to the bear. They don't do anything, but it's really kind of cute. And she loved it. And then we put the uh, Spider-Man suit on the on the. It's a little dog with the heart on its paws, and uh, we call we officially named it Spider Pup. And she was holding it and walking around the mall, and just the cutest little thing. I was just Aww. like in heaven. So I, I I recommend the Build a Bear suit at uh, I mean the Spider Man Build a Bear at uh, Build a Bear. <laughs> That's kind of redundant. We got hey, one Brad. of those. Hey Brad, do you want to <laughs> yes, do you want to plug your new uh, your new uh, focus on uh, on swinging singles that you're doing? Well, you have to be in the Joplin area market. Uh, to see this, but I have a sweep story coming up for Valentine's Day called Hearts of Fire, where I went to the the uh, the four state Christian singles meeting, <laughs> and I spotlighted some uh, uh, swinging fifty year old singles, and uh, I interviewed this one man that's been married six times. Oh God, <laughs> been married six times. I would swallow a bullet. Oh <laughs> and and I, I said, sir, how, can you name how, how many years for each? And this is like a two-minute soundbite, but he goes, okay, the first year was 16 years. Number two was nine months. The next one was 12 years. And it took forever. And then when he got to six, which was his current wife who was sitting beside him, and he goes, and number six, and she goes, you're last. <laughs> So that's that's fun, and I also interviewed this other guy who met his last ex-wife at the meeting. He goes, "Yeah, I got to be careful now." <laughs> so it, careful it's careful now. A, I got to be careful now. He's been married three times and met the last one. And I put on my Facebook that uh, the station took an ad out in the newspaper promoting this series that airs tomorrow and Thursday. I know it's a big picture of you right in the paper. I know. That, I know. That look on your face is like I'm Brad Douglas, and if you're over fifty, I'll find you somebody. <laughs> Classic. I will hook you so, up, but only if you're old. I will hook you up. Uh, the other recommendations I have, I saw a really, really good movie with Liam Neeson, who is a badass. That'll called, called The Gray, where he is the plane uh, is hit and he lands in the Arctic and he has to fight for survival with the wolves. Uh, I, I, I equated it to like Jaws in the Snow, is what I. I, I Equated to just a good movie. Who knew Liam Neeson was a badass? I did when really? I saw him in Taken. Yeah, he was. Good. Yeah, Taken. He's a good badass. badass. Yeah, he's a good Jedi. Uh, also saw a movie on Blu-ray. So uh, the Help, which was really good. Yeah. The Geek and Me was shocked that there were two Gwen Stacys on the. On I know. The I, I realized that too because I saw that too. <laughs> so you have a uh, oh, what's her name? Um, uh, Ron Howard's daughter. Dallas uh, Price uh, Howard. Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard. Howard and uh, yeah. Emma Stone. Bryce Dallas Howard should get an Oscar for how mean she was in that movie. Oh my gosh, just just a really good movie. Uh, also, reality- if you look closely, one of the uh, one of the ladies in there, Octavia Spencer, was the uh, woman who took Tobey Maguire's registration in the first Spider-Man movie when he was signing up to wrestle uh, Bonesaw. Yeah, really? she, was like, she was like, you know. Uh, you know, you realize there's like a there's like a uh, terms there's of no thing. small weight division or a lightweight division here, small fry. Right. Oh, what what character was she in the movie? She was signed up to wrestle, and she's like, "All right, and may God be with you." Oh wow, that I didn't I didn't uh, catch that. Okay, hold on, I got to add Bertoni to the call. <laughs> I guess we're cursed today. Okay, add to call. There we go. 
Uh, my other recommendation is a reality show. Oh, well, let's get him on the line then. <laughs> I feel like a real radio show now. Papa John's Pizza. Papa John's Pizza, what can we get you? I'd like, uh, I was going to make a bacon. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a Goblin Pumpkin Bomb Pizza, please. Dude, for the Super Bowl, uh, speaking of pizza, I had yeah. a 28-inch pizza delivered to my house. Grief! Did they back the truck up? <laughs> we, we had a two man that thing into the house. Awesome. What about the pizza? The, uh, the oh. other show <laughs> is Pawn. <laughs> a recent episode of, of Pawn Stars had a Spider Man connection. This guy brought in Amazing Spider Man number one, and uh, they had an expert come in, and he got about four or five grand for it. Yeah. So, yeah. I was saw that episode too, Brad. Yeah. Uh, I also, I've been ordering New Mutants for about two years now, and it's been on my list to, uh, to read. It's, I've got a huge to-read list, and I finally plowed through 30 issues of it in the last month. And I have come to the realization that I cannot stand Daniel Way. I, I, I didn't like his, his snow bastard in the, the guy, that snow guy with Spider-Man. I hated that thing. That was Zeb Wells, but nice try. Okay, well, I don't like him either. <laughs> I think Daniel Way had a, had a Venom series. Isn't that when Venom yes. was a chick, but we didn't know it was a chick at first? Yeah, is it the Venom thing where they copied the thing? Yeah, the Venom thing that they the copied the thing, yes. Thing? Yeah, that that I didn't. I don't it's like Zebra. Yeah. Or uh, they said those Daniel things. Anyway, New Mutants was rough for like 20 issues. And then the guys who did the Marvel cosmic stuff, the Abnett and... Um, Lanning? Lanning. They took over the book. They brought back X-Man from the 90s. Awesome. And it's actually a lot, lot better book. So I recommend it. Just start when the new creative team comes on. Uh, I reiterate what Zach said. Scarlet Spider number one was really, really good. Liked it a lot. Um, there's a lot of potential. There always has been potential for Kane. But uh, damn. But damn, this is pretty good. Pretty good. Highly recommended. Also, uh, Venom with Flash Thompson I read. I didn't care for the first setup issue of the Vegas with the Red Hulk and the X-23, but the previous issue I thought was really strong, where he broke up with Buddy Brandt. And Bertone, I know yeah. you... I thought that was really strong. I thought that issue was strong. I think we're going to have like four or five issues of filler with this crossover with these canceled titles. But uh, <laughs> What did but you Venom, think about the origin of the new Jack-O-Lantern? Uh, oh, refresh me. It's been a couple he days He was a trick-or-treater who went to like a house, and then the crime master opened up, kidnapped him, and taught him to be the world's greatest assassin, and then played video games. Yeah. That was it was really random. It was random. It was okay, though. I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. And that is my last recommendation, gang. Why do we need a new jack-o'-lantern? We had Mad Jack and... I like that he rides around on uh, Norman Osborn's first glider, you know, from Amazing 14. I think that's kind of cool. I thought it was on a uh, a saucer. I must have missed that. Isn't he he riding around on Norman's first broom? I I can picture him doing that, like from that issue where he's like going over Betty Brand's bed asking how dare she love a legless drunk. Um... (laughs) <laughs> that, that, that was like the first page of like Venom issue 3 or something like that um, no, that, 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 that's what he says he's just, like, <laughs> what I'm asking about it you can't make that up <laughs> they, 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 they say that in the 
I know, dude. Awesome. <laughs> okay, moving on to message questions, gang. Lady Spider starts it off with, to the group, this may be a question you've done before, but what is your favorite Spider-Man one-shot? My personal favorite is Spectacular Spider-Man 21, where Peter uh, beats the kingpin at a game of poker for charity. Anybody wants to tackle this one? Uh, yeah, mine was seven issues before that, and Spectacular number 14. Yep. For Tony, you got one? Also, the ones that I can think of off the top of my head are like part of larger story arcs. You might either have to skip me or come back to me. One of my favorites is Amazing 267, where Peter is chasing a burglar into the burbs with no skyscrapers, written by Peter David. I think that's a strong one. Anybody else have one that they can think of? I really oh, like the... um, go ahead. Go ahead. I really like the, the Nuff Set issue in the uh, JMS Romita run, where it's first... Yeah, letter. Aunt May is like kind of dealing with him being Spider-Man. You see Mary Jane dealing with being away from Peter, and you see Peter being Spider-Man and kind of going on his life without Mary Jane. I thought that was a great issue. Yeah. Jr. George, Zach. Oh, Zachary said. A few years ago, um, this this was actually a backup story, but but it would have been it was a one shot. Um, uh, when when Greg Weisman did that uh, Flash Thompson story. That was where, good. Uh, with his surprise birthday party, where like, where where like all the supporting cast members came back, I really really like that one. I called now, back today that that came out, and I was like, they brought back the untold characters, characters, and for some reason, Shashan's hot now. That's uh, that's uh, continuity porn, as you like to say. Yeah, but in a good way. It was. Yeah, but it, 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 it was in a good way. It wasn't like bragging about like knowing who these characters were. They they were there. They didn't like jump out off the page, except for Shashan. I love continuity erotica. That's really funny too. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Jr. You got one? Uh well, I, I was originally interpreting one shot as like a special one shot, not a um, not a uh, one part story, um, but. Um, I don't know. I guess my favorite one-part story has always been that Amazing Spider-Man 153 that I've discussed ad infinitum. Um, So I have to go with that one. What happened in 153 again? No, that's the one where the uh, where the uh, Kingpin kidnapped some. uh, Well, the Kingpin's goons kidnapped some scientist's daughter, and he had to run the length of a football field to get her back. And Spider-Man, you know, utters his first profanity by clocking the bad guy. Yeah, George, you got one. Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Three, where Spider-Man beats up the Avengers Hulk. and the Hulk. That's good. The Avengers are ridiculous in that story. <laughs> and <laughs> Secret Wars Number Three is one of your favorites, George. Yeah, that's any, not a anytime we're not a one shot though. Actually, yeah, it's not a one shot. I mean, it's part of the secret. It's part three of the Secret Wars. But I mean, anytime Spider-Man, you know, throws down <clears throat> on a on a group beat down, and in X-Men, he's gone <laughs> to their own book and done it. <laughs> The first time he ever ran across them was in their own book, and he kicked their asses in their own book. In an X-Men 35. Something like that, yeah. 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 I mean, that's how much of a badass he is. Not only does Spider-Man show up in your book, he shows up in your book and kicks your ass. Then then takes your money. (laughs) Right. It makes you cry. Lady Spider, other questions to Zach. Time to take out your Scarlet Spider notebook. If you were able to revive the character Ben Riley back from the dead, what's next for the character? Do you want him in a different city, back with Elizabeth Tyne? What would you do with him? Um, I mean, just for the, the, the aspect of messing with Peter's life, it'd be kind of fun to bring Ben back and, and put him in New York City. So and, you don't want 
you don't, you want him with next to Peter all the time. You well, don't want yeah, the- but I also, I mean, with with Kane now being you know in a different city, I think that that's just that's too close to Kane now. So yeah. you've got to do something a little different. So to, to have him as a supporting cast member in Peter's life and having this um, constant reminder of of one of his biggest failures, which was to not kill Norman Osborn. Because he spoke, he should have in, after Spider Man seventy five. But you know, we'll get to that later. That's like twelve years later, though. Yeah, <laughs> also, uh, Lady Spire just watched the movie Red. Who thinks Helen Mirren should play Aunt May? Uh, I May's think not George that cool. does. I would agree. Too British. <laughs> Helen Mirren yeah. is a great looking sixty year old woman, though. Isn't the, she? The, the first, the first Aunt May from the Raimi films was was British. That's true. The actress was British. Yeah. I just saw uh, Arthur again, like where she played uh, Hobson, and like, uh, so that's like in my mind, and she's like really, really British in that. Yeah. Abul Aziz. Oh, I'm sorry, Brad. Go ahead. Abul Aziz from Castlevania. Barrowman, what's your favorite James Bond film? And have you read some of the novels? How big are the changes from the novels to the movies, uh, Mr. Bond? Uh, you only live twice, and no. Okay. <laughs> we talk about Doctor No or just No as an answer? No, you only live no, twice. No, I've never read any of the novels. My stepdad had... lived. Huh? You only lived twice. I'm forgetting which one that was. Is that Roger Moore? No, no, no. Oh, hell no. That's Connery in it. That's Connery, and that's the one where he fakes his own death to go over the cover in Japan. Winds oh, up uh, knocking boots with hot Japanese chicks, and then uh, fights a Spectre with a ninja army inside a volcano. First time we see Blofeld. First time we actually see Blofeld. That's correct. He Blofeld's in Doctor No, but this is and he's also in uh, From Rush with Love. But it's the first time you ever full on see him. Other times, it's, you know, you just see the hand stroking the cat like an Inspector Gadget bad guy. But but, um, <laughs> but that's yeah, that's, or CeeLo Green, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's that's what it, it's the first time we see him. And he's played by Donald Pleasance. I mean, how how evil can you get? So yeah, I mean, it's got all. That's that's the climax of this film. Spectre has a has a rocket ship base that they're stealing spaceships with in a volcano, in like a fiery volcano. And at the end, James Bond invades them with an army of ninjas. <laughs> nice. That's that's nice. your film. I mean, I, I, how can I sell that any more than what I just said? That sounds awesome. Donovan, I think Spider-Man is the one superhero who won't work in anime. I think Century couldn't work, neither does Spider-Man. What do you think? I don't know if I could disagree with him more, <laughs> said Harry Osborn. Oh. Because, oh, no, with all due respect, I mean, um, if Spider-Man can work in a movie, he, he sure as heck can work in an anime. And, like, if he means an animation, like an anime-style Japanese animation, that he can. Uh, some of the best animated 90s shows episodes um, that that were very good. Uh, like the, like the lizard episode, the alien costume episode, were animated by a Japanese animation studio called TMS. Um, so I mean, so I mean, I, I would love to see that happen. If you mean it's like an anime genre, like a like a school kid anime or a comedy anime or a harem anime or hentai, he, he could work on all that as well. He's have Doctor Octopus. <laughs> Zach, name some urban myths from your home cities. I was thinking of some local urban myths here, and decided to ask my peer in today's episodes. Ooh. Um... Any hey, Texas urban myths? Urban myths. Good lord. This one. Um, ah. Babies. It's what? <laughs> Brandon, do you know of any good urban, uh, urban myths? 
I know some around Dallas. I don't know uh, some around, you know, from the up your way. Yeah. Name the best one in Dallas. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the best one in Dallas is probably the Goat Man. Um, What's the Goat Man? Also known as the Lake Worth Monster. Uh, back in the 60s, there was reported to be like a, like a Bigfoot-type creature around here on huh. an island that, depending on the level of Lake Worth, will disappear or, you know, or, or becomes visible based on the lake level. And back in the 60s, there was a rash of sightings of this guy, thing, whatever, that apparently uh, threw tires at people to uh, drive them away. It, the urban it, – it morphed um, into oh. it being a half-man, half-goat that was uh, – you know, that was living under bridges, and, you know, if you went out late at night, it would, the goat man would get you or whatever. But originally, it started off as the Lake Worth monster. Um, so that was an urban myth here. Just like the uh, White Lady of um, uh, White Rock Lake, we have a – White Rock Lake was um, – in the 20s, Dallas started construction on a bigger reservoir because the city at that time had been using a uh, underground water source called Browder Springs, and the, the population of the city was getting too large. So um, – uh, back then, the uh, uh, water commissioner, um, uh, Daniel Sullivan, suggested, well, we're going to have to build a, a large reservoir, and so people use that for recreation and whatnot. But it's just a, a, you know, a, a drowned ghost lady myth uh, is, uh, is all it is. Yeah, huh. I, I did think Random. of one. I did think of one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, there, <laughs> there's two cemeteries in my hometown because we have a lot of old people, and they, li- and they like to die. And so... <laughs> God. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> anyway. Way to go, dude. Way to go. <laughs> but, oh, no. Uh, in, the, in one of the cemeteries, there's at midnight, there's a statue of Mary that's, that cries blood. Oh, my God. So man. I went to investigate, and uh, there was just a <laughs> got in his mystery machine and got over there. <laughs> my van. It was just a plot for, like, real estate or something. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you took off the mask, and it was really Mark Dick's move weight or something. Like, if he would have gotten away with it, too. Yeah, the, the one problem with the with the statue, though, was it wasn't a statue of Mary at all. It was a statue of Jesus. So... <laughs> Epic. That's number one. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my, good question on that. That was odd. Jr. How do you describe Matt Lowe's work on Spider-Man? General. Well, um, in, there's a joke somewhere I'm missing. I think, but anyway, uh, I liked uh, Matt Lowe's work for the most part. He had some rocky moments, like any other writer, but. Uh, uh, his work on the original Spectacular was pretty awkward at first, uh, but then he kicked it up with the first Carrion story. And uh, after Stern wrote the title for a while, Mantlo came back. Uh, he gave us that great Doc Ock Owl story and the subplot of uh, Spidey falling in love with a black cat. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Mantlo was also the one who turned Felicia into a total dope soon afterwards. Uh, he was also responsible for some of those Marvel team-up jewels, like the Sons of the Tiger one that uh, we uh, we discussed a couple of months back. Yeah, it was him. Okay. And yeah, it was him. And according to Jim Shooter, he was a notorious plagiarist. So, yeah. you know, I, I liked what Matt, for the most part, what Manlo did with with Spider-Man, but uh, his legacy's been pretty tainted uh, as the years have gone by. How was he a plagiarist? Like, I, 
in what way? It was it was in Shooter's blog, and and I'm um, I think it's the is it the abuse, child abuse story? Uh, it was three twelve where he said he he stole the child abuse story from Barry Windsor Smith, who yeah. had a graphic novel that was never published, and Matt Lowe saw it and allegedly made that story and is now one of the best Hulk stories of all time. Yeah, and apparently, I mean, Mantlo was always the guy you could break. You could, I mean, Shooter described him as someone you could always count on to deliver a story quickly, you know. But however, yeah. apparently, it was, uh, you know, there were uh, one he he didn't think he could write worth worth a sour, you know, worth a crap. Apparently, and uh, apparently, he stole a lot of ideas. But uh, sadly, we can't ask Mantlo because no. he's in coma. Yeah, that's the thing. Mantlo's in no position yeah. to defend himself now. So. You know, I guess take anything, but you know, and particularly since Shooter said, yeah, yeah. Steve Rogers from New York. Zach, thoughts on the Super Bowl? Oh God, I knew that was going to be a question. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm happy to see that the the, the Lombardi Trophy is back in the NFC East, um, but I'm unhappy that it's not in the, it's not with the Cowboys franchise, and I have to hear him gloat for the next six months. Uh, but, you know, I was really pulling for the Patriots, and it cost me a bottle of wine, so there you go. No good. JR, what era, Silver Age, Bronze, Return, Bendis, etc., do you think Norman was at his best? Bendis has his own era now? Evidently. There's like the Golden Rogers. Era and the Silver Age and the Bendis Silver Age? Silver Age, Bronze, and Bendis. Wow. <laughs> the Bendis Age. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm sad uh, now. <laughs> As 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 much as I hate to admit it, I think actually some of the best Norman's been during the Bendis age, uh, because that's where uh, Clark, uh, I mean uh, Warren Ellis, uh, did Thunderbolts. Uh, his run on Thunderbolts, I think, was some of the best Norman stuff ever. And uh, Bendis himself in the in Dark Avengers, uh, the first Dark Avengers run. Uh, however, I think your question's coming up later, and uh, you know I, I don't think much of the Norman story running through. Uh, Avengers right now. I, I wish Bendis had, had left the character alone uh, and left his story alone. You don't like that he bitch slapped Luke Cage into Jersey? <sighs> well, <laughs> he bitch slapped Luke Cage into New Jersey. And, and, then, and then everybody says, oh, Norman can't do things like that. Well, bullshit. He's the goddamn Green Goblin. Of course he gets do that. <laughs> he said There's a Robin. quote. Don, going to swipe a duels. Question for George and directed at you, your favorite James Bond film. Uh, Casino Royale, uh, the, the Daniel Craig uh, 2006 yep. version. And have you read any of the books? I actually have read uh, the original Casino Royale uh, twice, once for my own and once for uh, my – I took a women in espionage class last semester. And, um, it's actually whoa, whoa, really, whoa, 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 uh, stop. Woman you took in a espionage? class called women in espionage? Oh, wow. Oh, yes. In fact, oh, in fact – What the hell kind of school are you going to? What did I, what did I miss this, Brad? There, I would have taken that class. There's man. literally, I, I, I read for my read for my final paper. There's literally a, a Russian spy who, I shit you not, looks exactly like the black uh, the Black Widow. I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, not even they, joking. Yeah, they just caught her like a couple of years ago. And she became like a lingerie model. I, I, I'm not. I couldn't make this up if I tried. Oh, I could find. <laughs> uh, hang on a minute. I'll find oh yeah, right yeah. She's Anna Chapman. Famous. Yeah, Anna yeah, Chapman. Anna Chapman. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we we had to let her go because we uh, exchanged her for uh, instead of putting her ass in jail, we had to exchange her for uh, some of our our spies, I guess, <laughs> over there. Uh -oh. <laughs> I kept her around in a safe house. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Josh, considering all the work you've done on the Betty articles, does it still annoy you that Gwen is still thought of as Betty's first girlfriend by the masses? 
since technically she is. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, what? Repeat the question. Considering all the work you've done on the Betty articles, does it upset you that Gwen is still thought of as Peter's first girlfriend by the masses? Um, the masses are really confused because sometimes, like, Betty's first true love, sometimes Gwen's his first true love. And I think sometimes that there's a difference. I think that there's a difference the between, like, first love and first... I think that the masses don't know who Gwen or Betty is, truth be told. Like, like, okay. like... Masses are idiots. Another comic fan knows who Gwen is, but, like, you know, my next-door neighbor, they, they, know, they think that Spider-Man's girlfriend is Mary Jane. They don't yeah. know who... Even, though they, even if they've seen the Raimi film, Betty or Gwen, like, didn't leave an impression on them, like, four years after Spider-Man 3. Uh, yeah. Peter said, like, after the Lee run, that, like... He, he was kind of indecisive about how he felt about Betty. He's like, well, I thought I loved Betty. Maybe I just thought I loved her. So I think that Gwen is his first true love, and Betty's the first girl that he thought he loved. Hmm. Cool. Uh, Brad, if you went back in time to 1998 and told yourself everything that would happen with the Crawlspace, and pod, the Crawlspace website and podcast, what do you think the 1998 would find the most unbelievable? Well, the fact that I lost my hair... Uh, <laughs> and then I'm married and I have a kid and all that stuff would kind of be shocking. But uh, no, I think it's it's uh, I don't think the 1998 would believe that I would be doing essentially a 1998 radio show of Spider-Man. Listen to thousands and millions of people come to this website over over the years, etc. Battle with the writer. And, yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> but in the nineteen ninety eight me just found a free web hosting thing on Yahoo GeoCities back in the day and said, you know what? Let's see if anybody wants to talk Spider Man. And I found a whole bunch of friends like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz that want to go on this journey with me. So yeah, I c- couldn't have believed it, and I enjoy the hell out of it. George, what would be your ideal Spider Man movie? Uh, one that doesn't try to change the character and one that actually sticks to what the character is and what the character should be as well as everybody else um, in the thing. It's really funny, you know, Brad, and I was just thinking about this. Yeah. When I think about how people are are excited about Spider-Man having the web shooters in the movie, mm-hmm. back when the original Raimi movie came out, there was a bunch of people that were pissed off about that. I was. Well, I remember the website. And people, the website. And people were down on them for it. People were like, "Stop hating! This is, you know, this is new. You have to, this is a, just a new interpretation of the character. Stop, stop hating! Stop hating! Raimi's right. It doesn't make sense for the character to be that smart, and, and this thing would be worth millions of dollars." And now, flip side, here we are with the new movie, and everybody's going down on it. And then suddenly, people are like, "Oh, I'm glad I missed the web shooters. It should have always been there." And I'm like, "Oh God, whatever. This is all such bullshit." Same yeah. <laughs> Um, However, George, you don't want a movie that's a direct adaptation of any storyline in the books, do why? you? Because you've <laughs> seen it already. So? <laughs> so you you want the death of Gwen Stacy panel for panel on the screen? I wouldn't mind yeah, that, actually. If <laughs> done well, it'd be, it would be fantastic. Well, yeah. I like the fact that you go to a movie and you know a little bit's going to be – you don't know what's coming at you. If they had killed – if they had started off that movie with Gwen Stacy – and there, as the girlfriend in the first one, and then in the second one, Gwen Stacy gets killed, and then Mary Jane's there for him. And then by the third movie, he's with Mary Jane. It would have made all the sense in the world. I, I would agree. I think that's actually what they're kind of going for this one. You're high on crack cocaine. Okay. 
I think Gwen Stacy's going to die in the second one. I think in this trilogy, Emma Stone's got to bite it at some point. If you know what I'm saying. The third one. Well, Emma Stone's actually acknowledged that, too. Of the the movie. Yeah. Like, all all this footage of her in the trailer, it's all from the first scene. She's going to die, like, two minutes in. Lizard's going to eat her. (laughs) Remember me? I'm actually actually concerned that they do that. I'm actually concerned that they do that because um, if they do that, I'm, I'm concerned now that they won't bring Mary Jane in. They'll try to bring Carly Cooper in. Okay. They, could do, they could do a problem child and, and cast uh, Mary Jane as Emma Stone like nothing happened. You know what I would love to see? This is, You know how I've often said that when S- Peter smacked Mary Jane in number three where the audience member yelled, Damn, Spider-Man smacked the bitch! I would love to be sitting in the theater with George Behrman and the an actress playing Carly Cooper would come on the screen. The, the foul... The foul language that would be projected to that screen, I would love. <laughs> children crying when they hear George Swift. It would be, it would be prolific, yes. It would be prolific, and, and people would have to exit the theater. Yes. Because <laughs> someone would throw the fire alarm, because George is on fire. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I would, anyway, uh, I would definitely not be cool with that. Iron Patriot from China to Don. What comics would you want to see... Oh, this is a nice segue. What comics would you want to see adapted to TV? That's a good question. <clears throat> um, I was th- at first I thought Young Justice, but then I realized that there was a Young Justice co- cartoon that is in no way like the Peter David and Todd Knock stuff. That was a good one. Um, God, I love that series. So, so I thought either um, Tim Drake Robin series, because I think that would be a really good cartoon series, or Cassandra Kane Batgirl series, because as much as everyone says Barbara Gordon's the iconic Batgirl, and she, and she is, a lot of that has to do with her media interpretations, and I think that if you got a legitimately, honestly awesome character like Cassandra Kane in a cartoon, people would recognize her for the badass that she really is. To anyone, which Spider-Man character or characters would be good leading characters for a sitcom? Betty Wait, Brant, right, Bertoni? Yeah, yeah, her and Flash would actually, like, Donovan and I had, like, a hypothetical sitcom where, like, it's uh, Betty and Ned and their neighbors with Flash and Deshaun and the wacky shenanigans that they would get into. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about a lot of weird shit on phone. <laughs> oh my god! I just cl- clicked in the chat window of Skype. Is this the Russian? <laughs> Holy hell! The... She does look like the Black Widow. It's the Russian spy. Wow! Wow! It's Tarot. Okay, I'm now thrown off. Where the hell am I? <laughs> <laughs> I distracted Dude, Brad with the. Uh... it doesn't take much. Oh no no no! He's he's on these pictures now. We'll be talking about this in another five minutes. <laughs> TNR 105, his location is Assembling the Avengers. BD, so when are you guys going to review Spider-Man Triple X? I think I just did. <laughs> did you know there is an adaption of Superman vs. the Amazing Spider-Man coming <laughs> out this month? What other classic stories could you see adapted in the porn? We've kind of hit this one up. Oh, yeah, but God. we've never reviewed it. You know what, Brad? I'm going to rectify we've... that. No, oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, mm. I'm going to rectify you that. I, I I'm going to get... I'm going to get my hands on that. Excuse me? And I will. And, and would you like, how would you like me to do it? Would you like me to do it on the front page or wait for, for the next podcast? Wow. Uh, Those are all euphemisms. I don't know that we I, ought to put it on the front page. No. If you can not swear too much, which this show obviously has failed at that. Uh, well, I mean, and how, not, Brad, how am I going to talk about a porn review and, and not and not be and not get blue with it? I mean, how am I going to be sitting there going, you know, and the lovemaking in this scene was top notch. I really coming, enjoyed it when he arrived on her back. <laughs> okay, coming in March. I mean, yeah, arriving, I'll rephrase, arriving in March 
of 2012, George Behrman's Triple X Review. All right, oh, I'm going to, that's my, I'll, I'll get it I done somehow. I hate the concept of, of superhero porno. That's just so creepy to me. an email from Thomas Mattis. Oh, no. Zach, how do you think Ben would feel if he knew what Kane was up to and cr- take the spiders, I mean, the Scarlet Spider name as his own? Him and Kane, Kane and him had, had come to a, a, a truce and a peace at the end of Redemption. So I don't think he would be too particularly upset um, yeah. at, at Kane. I mean, because if you read Redemption, uh, he certainly... They uh, they were very much in, at at peace with one another for the first time Is ever. Is in the trades yet? No, it'll probably be at the the final trade. We'll probably have redemption. How many more we got? By the way, I just got one in the mail the other day with Spider Carnage on the cover. We have twelve. Uh, I think that that's number three. Ben Riley, Ben Riley. Number yeah. Uh, I think I we've think... got at least two more. At least two more. Okay. Ben didn't JR. like the Scarlet Spider name. Ben hated that name. So if he heard that Kane like took it from him, he'd be like, "Ha ha! You get to be called Scarlet Spider now, loser." <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I, I wasn't. Yeah, but you're you're right about that, Bertoni. Jr. What was your favorite uh, Spider-Man? Spidey kicks butt. I don't article? want to answer it. I don't want to. I, let's skip that one. Okay. If the Crawl Space crew were the Avengers, which Avengers would they be? George, I'd guess Jr. would be the Hulk. Hey. The brilliant. In pro rage out. <laughs> All right, I've done a lot of thinking on this, and by okay, a lot so of thinking, I mean since I pulled up the thread about ten minutes ago. Okay, uh, Brad, you would be Machine Man. Why? Because I said. Um, Donovan, you would be Justice. Bertoni, you would be you would be Jack Don't... of Hearts. Uh, oh, Jr., you would be Doctor Druid. <laughs> These are the worst Avengers ever. Uh, I uh, Kevin, uh, who's not here, would be Quasar. Um, <laughs> Bailey would be uh, U.S. Agent, and Zach would be Mantis. Mantis. I've heard of like two of those characters. He's a green chick that's like a plant. Excellent. And I would be. Uh, oh, I would you... be. I would be. Uh, I'd be Hawkeye. Because Hawkeye. No, awesome. you'd be. You'd be Slug. Slug uh, was <laughs> not an Avenger. Number one. Number two. Slug well, I... Douglas. Number three. I'd be Hawkeye. Oh, good. Man, Please. the lame Avengers. <laughs> the lame Avengers. I, I get to hook up with Marcy Kane, so. I, I get, I'm a robot with legs. Oh, wait a minute. I'm a ro- What? Wait a minute. Machine Man. Okay, never mind. Don, if Jason oh, Todd, is Jason Todd a salvageable character? And how would you fix him? And he likes Under the Red Hood. Oh, I'm glad you like that. <laughs> okay, I... I, until very, very recently, I would have said that he clearly isn't because – well, here's the thing. You can write any situation and make it interesting no matter how wacky the idea is. I am like – Jason Todd should never have come back because as good as I honestly Thank thought you. the original Under the Hood story was, since then they've not really uh, justified his reasoning for being back to life. I mean for some reason, Batman's completely ignored him, and like there's never been any real confrontation since Under the Red Hood. Now, I will admit, as, as horrible as the comic is, Red Hood and the Outlaws is writing him pretty well. But because that book is so divorced from Batman as a concept, despite the fact that it's advertised as a bat title, I think that Jason Todd – I don't like the concept that, that people have are like him just because he's an angsty character who died and is now a guy with guns. Because I think it's a very kind of like lazy idea. I'm sure he can be a salvageable character, but from what we've seen since 2005, he's not really been justified – in his existence, and he works so well as the the Robin who died. So I I think he is, but they've not really justified him. So 
he apparently isn't being salvaged. Yeah. Uh, Venomaniac from Fringe Division. George, the next time Stegron appears in a Spidey comic, what do you want to happen? Nothing. Um, I don't know, because I'm scared. I, I don't really trust any of the current crop to handle Stegron. I would, I would rather Stegron be gone until other writers and editors are there. I think he's actually slated to come up into something else, though, soon. I haven't seen him since that uh, sensational Spider-Man with the the lizards and the black cats, and they were all animalistic or whatever. Yeah, and that wasn't I so bad. I'm just I, I don't want Slaughter Wade Tyson or Wacker okay. for that matter. I would have bet a hundred bucks that your answer would have been that to have Stegron eat Carly Cooper. <laughs> oh no, no! If Stegron, well, first of all, he's a he's a Stegosaurus, so he, you know he's not a, he's not going to be a meat eater. But if he could at least impale her with his tail spikes, or cause her in some way to either be crushed or fall to her death, bonus points for crushing damage. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, he would be he would be so vital and important to the story, to the overall story. Um, I, at that point, would he even be a villain? <laughs> <laughs> Venomaniac's question to me, what has surprised you the most about the last year's Spider-Man comics? The sex? Uh, no, I mean... How much better they I read together after the fact? They uh, No, they. I think they read better with one writer as oh, opposed yeah. to the, the jumpage of the stop-go, stop-go, stop-go. Oh, you didn't read what the other guy wrote? Who cares? Peter's upset. But that, <laughs> that just happened recently. But, uh, yeah, I guess that. I like the one writer two, twice a month. Don, most <clears throat> underrated Spider-Man villain. Um, after this, he has, he has a question for Josh that I'll address. But, uh, okay. Um, I, y'all remember Fusion from the uh, Paul Jenkins, Peter Parker stories? Yep. I thought that was a great villain. I mean, he kind of had like a – not his, – his origin was kind of typical for a villain, but I thought he had good motivation. And I thought that he did you – because know, he thought Peter he, – he made Spider-Man think his neck was broken and he was paralyzed forever. And we saw Spider-Man had to overcome that and beat him. And I thought he was he was dangerous. He had great motivation. He proved an excellent challenge for Spider-Man. I thought he was a really good villain. To Bertoni, any way to, that Betty can be redeemed? Well, not to sound facetious, but, I mean, she's a fictitious character. I'm, I'm sure she can be redeemed. It's just up until the next writer has her cheat on somebody else in a hypocritical reason. But, yeah, I mean, you give her a... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, she that any anything could happen, you know, as long as they write her a certain way. Doesn't mean that her yeah. redemption would be out of character, though. <laughs> Jr. Best line of dialogue ever in a Spider-Man comic. Oh, I wish I'd had some time to actually sit and think about that one. Except instead of rely on my old standbys, but uh, like I've always said, a couple of my favorites are, like I said, the one from Amazing 153 where he says, the hell you're not, before clocking the bad guy, and and the uh, one in Spectacular Spider-Man number 19 where the ox is going to make a new name for himself, and Spidey says, well, what was wrong with the old one? Too hard to spell? So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, DC Marvel fan guy, no location. Uh, Brad, have you been buying any Batman trades lately? Ex- uh, example of Hush and Nightfall. I have not. I've I've meant to. I've, Donovan actually helped me out. He gave me a whole long list of Batman trades to buy and in what order. Batman. So I, I've the ones I've only read. Um, Dark Knight Returns. I read that years ago, and I read Hush when it came out in single issues. Also read Death in the Family back in the eighties when it came out. What happens so, to that story? Death in the Family, with Jason Todd, right? Yeah, I know, I'm playing. Yeah, all right. 
Uh, Nightfall, no. I want to. I should have picked up the first trade because I hear that's a really good one. That's where Batman breaks or Bane breaks his, Batman's back, right? Batman breaks his back accidentally by falling on the stairs. Yeah, he bends over him. <laughs> <laughs> I've fallen. I can't get up. Donovan, how do you son of an Anafield? Yeah, Donovan, how do you feel about Static Shock being canceled? He was very disappointed that Virgil didn't have the chance to shine in the new DC Fifty Two. I'm because I they, that Static is one of my favorite characters. I did. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The the series was really mediocre. I'm not gonna say it was brilliant, but I did enjoy reading it because it was it was a, a Static comic. But I'm, I was even more disappointed on the reasons why it was the quality it was. Because, I mean, if, if it wasn't selling, then that's why it's canceled. But apparently they hired John Rosam, who was a milestone writer, you know, who knew Dwayne McDuffie well and who knew what he wanted. He had plans for Static for years. They hired him and then completely ignored all his ideas and made uh, the artist, Scott McDaniel, and, like, the editor come up with the stories, which were baffling and, and nonsensical. And pretty much everything the writer that they hired pitched – they threw out like, for no real reason, but just because oh they know better, and that's why the series was as as blah as it was, and that really pissed me off. Because ever since ever since uh, DC has acquired the milestone characters, they've basically misused them, and uh, for lack of a better phrase, pissing all over McDuffie's grave. George, I take it you're not excited to see Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. However, don't you think that Bane should have the chance to shine on the silver screen after his bad portrayal? Oh, I actually added the word portrayal. Uh, in Batman and Robin. No, he should be forgotten. You don't like Bane? No, Bane's, Bane's about as useless to me as Venom is. <laughs> I've I, I really never liked yeah. Bane. Bane, Bane. They're both ni- 90s creations. Bane, Bane, was, no. Bane is like Omega Red. Bane was created in the 90s. Uh, for one specific thing for Batman, and really he's got no more scope past that. I, it's a useless character. Notice there's nothing really done with the character lately in the comics at all. No, well, because, well I disagree with that. that, that it, it's because there's, there's, this character is a one-trick pony. I, I'm not excited about Bane at all, no. Okay. J- well, you just talked about fusion. JR, would you like to see Paul Jenkins' villain fusion return to Amazing Spider-Man? Um First of all, no, I didn't like that particular villain. Um, I thought he was pretty lame. Uh, I, I know that Dom, I remember it was funny, Don was just saying how much he liked him, but uh, on on Paul Jenkins' stuff, Paul was hit. I mean, I liked, I liked Jenkins overall, but he was a hit and miss a lot, and when it came I'll to new villains, he was definitely a miss. Remember typecast? Uh, uh, typeface, yeah. Typeface, yeah. that's right. Uh, I, I actually, I want to backtrack on the uh, stakes shot question because uh, that, and that you and Don addressed because, and I think Don has probably read some of this stuff, but there's real interesting back and forth going on, like with on on the the writer's blog and on Scott McDaniel's blog about what went wrong with Static Shock. And it all goes back to poor editorial oversight. And it's just it's just a real fascinating I guess that's the way the new fifty two is typically the way they're doing it is like here, here grab their shock them and grab their attention real quick, you know, and story be damned. He you know, and his sister and they gave him his sister a clone with no backstory, no explanation and no real foresight as to why his sister has a clone. And that was like the biggest WTF moment ever. Yeah, I, I, I really mean, never got that. It, it just sounds like it was just completely mishandled. A, a what, you know, what in the world were they thinking? Uh, and, and that wouldn't surprise me if, if if that's you know, I mean that's if that's being done all over the the new fifty two. You know, try to make the biggest splash, and you know, who cares if the story makes sense? Mm-hmm. To the whole gang, I just read Kevin Smith's Batman, both cacophony and widening gyre. Oh! Uh, 
What? Are they bad? Are they bad? That was. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to really yell again. Really bad. That's the worst Batman what? story I've ever read in my life. And I've read. What are your stars. thoughts? I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Evidently, we just heard him. He just moaned like nobody's business. No, never read it. Although Kevin Smith has a new reality show coming on after Walking Dead tonight on AMC called uh, some, I guess Pawn Stars in a Comic Shop. Comic Book Man, I think. Yeah, that's it. Something like that. Anyway, I'm looking forward to watching that tonight. Uh, Reign of the Spider-Men to everybody. Uh, the question is, I think we need a kid-appropriate, non-zombie-infested series that isn't corny and in continuity. Do you think that would help for the animated Spider-Man show? No. Uh, they've done that with Marvel Adventures, and it doesn't sell well in the direct market, so, yeah. Okay. Wheat Cakes from Canada? The main amazing book should be that. The main amazing book needs to be kid-friendly, because kid-friendly doesn't mean, like, that it's a kid book. It just means it's a book that, like... An adult can enjoy that doesn't talk down to the adult, but it's still something that a kid can pick up and enjoy. Like, you know, issues, old issues of Amazing were like that. Yeah. Uh, wheat Cakes from Canada to the gang. Does anybody on the podcast follow the NHL? If so, what are your thoughts on the first half of the season? Nope. Anybody hockey fan? Nope. Uh, is that a sport? Yeah. It's I, something I we know. stole from the Canadians, but we really didn't steal. They let us borrow it. Dark Knight Jared from Arizona to everyone, depending on if you covered it during the February issues. You, uh, we already talked about that, actually. The Silver Sable Kiss. Is it a sign of things to come? Do you think the two dating could work? Sure, surely it would beat bouncing back to Carly. Uh, well, that we agree on. Yeah. Well, I don't the record th- like many times saying that he, that he, that in his run, he's not going to have Spider-Man date another superhero. Yeah, that's true. Spider Gopher 24 from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wait, hang on. Whoa, what, whoa, bro, hang on, Brad. When yeah. did he say that? Blood? Oh, I've, 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 I've seen that on like Foam Spring or whatever. He doesn't like the idea. <laughs> he doesn't like the idea of Spider-Man dating. He doesn't like his personal life and his uh, superhero life mingling. Well, wait a like minute. That. Doesn't that limit us from thousands of uh, potential stories? Doesn't that cut off story potential? Yes. I see what George did there. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Spider Gopher from Minneapolis, Minnesota. What are the first story arcs that you ever bought on Amazing Spider-Man? Maximum Carnage. The first story arc I really remember, which was like an arc, was the Hobgoblin in the in the early '80s, or the early mid '80s. Was the one I one I really really got into. <laughs> Anybody else? Um, Zach. Nice. Zach. Zach. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> He got into Nothing. the Skype man. No, go ahead. Licking his microphone. <laughs> I, uh, I wasn't licking my microphone. Um, the first story I, I got about was um, Maximum Clonage, like real talk. Oh, wow. For some reason, I liked the character. JR, what was your first one? <laughs> 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 well, What's her name? <laughs> her name was Autumn, and it was uh, that time of year. Uh, <laughs> 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 this sounds like this sounds like uh, Captain Kirk talking about how he lost his virginity. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was it was amazing. Uh, Spider Man one thirty four one thirty five the uh, first uh, first <laughs> the first first tarantula. <laughs> oh, oh gotcha, George. Your first, my first um, woman and Spider Man evidently. <laughs> Why 
Why is that outside? One saxophone. like he knows it money. Okay, okay. It, uh, how the first that now. The first story arc. Yeah, that you remember Spider Man. Well, I mean, the first story arc was. I mean, the first story I ever read was back in Marvel uh, Team Up, back when I was uh, three. Well, I didn't read it. My mom read it to me. But it was the, that whole story with Spidey and the Man Wolf and Spidey and Frankenstein's monster. So I guess technically that two parter would be. Uh, there you go. Would be a, the first arc, I guess. Zach, your first. Uh, my first arc was a uh, Blood Brothers. And Bertoni. Uh. My first two Spider-Man comics were the Parker years, which was part of the Clone Saga, and um, uh, the first issue of Torment. Because like, ooh, it's Spider-Man, and it's and it's a number one, so this is probably the beginning of the story. And the first episode of the animated series had the lizard, and at the end of this issue, it had the lizard too. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. I guess the lizard's supposed to be first. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he has another comment to Don and Josh, uh, complimenti- complimenting you guys about amazing Spider-Man classics, etc. So that was really nice. And he also Very nice. uh, has a comment about the SOPA discussion. Wonders if any of us have seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington with Jimmy Stewart. I have seen bits and pieces here and there. I have not seen the whole thing. It's been a long time. Yep. Uh, Agent Michigan, a place Brad Count pronounces his <laughs> location. I like that. The entire crew, what is your opinion on the original Watchmen, and what do you think of before Watchmen? Watchmen uh, speaks for itself. Before Watchmen, uh, I'm not mad. I, I'm a little disappointed that, that DC is milking the franchise, but it's not unexpected. I understand it. They've been trying and to Peter, do this for, four year, for like 15 years. Come on. I'd say more than that. Um, I like Peter, David li- Peter David's line about how if Alan Moore thinks that you shouldn't touch his characters. Why has he touched other hi- characters in history like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, etc.? So I think, that's gentlemen. A, I think that's a pretty good point. Any other thoughts on the before Watchmen? I think Watchmen was an open and shut story, though. I don't think it needs, like, all this expanded universe, but you got to wonder. Like, there's other characters with these expanded universes where, like, if no one went ahead and did, like, another Star Wars movie after the first one, would, would there be this kind of outcry if, like, you know, Empire Strikes Back was done as, like, a comic book, like, 30 years later? It's like, well, what, what makes The Watchmen different from everyone else? You, you have to wonder. I don't know. I do think that they have ex- excellent talent on the before Watchmen. I mean, I'll check some of it out, but uh, the original Watchmen's always going to be the best. I, I don't have high hopes. JR, did you pick up Watchmen in the original run? <laughs> in other words, I, back in the remember the early days of the eighties. <laughs> uh, yeah, as as someone old enough to have been buying comics back then, did you? Uh, no, I did not pick it up in the original run. Uh, in fact, me it neither. Is, it is only recently that I finally read it, and I was bored. It is <laughs> grossly overrated. Uh, the villain is obvious. Uh, and, and 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 only maybe it's because the whole idea of superhero as borderline sociopath has been done to death since then. Maybe that's part of it. But anyway, George, your opinion of Canadian bacon and maple bacon? Well, Canadian bacon is really more like it's more like ham. Yeah. Um, so maple bacon. By God, a billion times maple bacon. Okay. BD, what do you find? Where do you find the photos used in Spider Girls? And can I get a link to it? 
Uh, actually, they come to the house, they pose for me, and I snap them Peter Parker style. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to hear <laughs> your wife for that story. It's hair and makeup. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. No, I just randomly. You'd be amazed what Google search terms I use. <laughs> Uh, to find this. Some, sometimes people actually send them in to me, and I post them up there. But, uh, yeah, you can get a link. Just click on Spider Girls on the front page, and you'll have, like, 30 of them. Uh, Donovan, what do you think of Dragon Ball GT? Is that like a Pontiac GT? What is that? Uh, yes. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's like, 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 like uh, okay, there's, like, three Dragon Ball series. The original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, which is the most famous, and then the third one, Dragon Ball GT, which is, quote-unquote, in the series. Like Dragon Ball Deep Space Nine. Okay. Essentially, gotcha. like like it's it, the original story was in, in like the Japanese comic manga format, and then in the anime continued it with like a sixty four episode series called GT. I've not actually sat and watched it. I've seen clips from YouTube. From what I've gleaned upon it, from what all I've read, and from what I've seen personally, it wasn't good. It was pretty much everything that was stupid and asinine about Dragon Ball Z in an actual show, and like pretty much everything that make people make fun of the series for. GT was it in its entirety, but I, I will say I've not actually watched the series seriously, so it could be better than that. But I don't have a very good opinion of it, and um, we, we don't really plan as of now to cover it on the show. Brad, your number one wish for Peter in 2012, besides the marriage getting back, uh, more scenes like we had in the recent issue of Peter and Mary Jane. As I've said before in the podcast, we we went essentially a hundred issues without the character, and you can tell we miss her a lot when we. We uh, universally love the scenes that were in the back of that Time Warp Amazing Spider-Man story. Uh, Don, you're on the show. You can't ask me a question. Let me scroll down. Next page, Greg XB, Brad. After the re- oh gosh, after the recent drama and controversy, I want to thank you and you and show my appreciation. You run the best Spider-Man site on the internet. Not a day has gone by in the last six years that I haven't checked it. Well, thank you very much, sir. I thought we were getting into something else, but we'll get that later. But that was very nice, Greg. I appreciate it. It's nice to have my back. Jr. Thoughts on the latest Norman Osborn versus the Avengers storyline thus far? You've kind of said that. You're not a fan of it. I'm, I'm unimpressed thus far. I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just wait and see how it comes out. But I'm unimpressed so far. I want him on a glider. I want him. To yeah, I, I, th- I think he, this this whole thing of Norman wanting. I think the the Norman trying to take over the world. It's been done, you know, and uh, it, unfortunately it wasn't done very well. But it's been done, and yeah, I'd like to see him back on the glider again too. Uh, George, what's the most ruthless terrorist organization of all time, Hydra or Cobra? I'd like to say it's Cobra. Um, yeah. You know, it's led by a guy who has on panel kicked a dog. Um, <laughs> but Cobra has spent way too much time uh, with infighting, uh, far more than Hydra has. So Hydra is the more effective, and ergo, more ruthless terrorist organization. Donovan, consider this my official Fight Club challenge. See you in hell. <laughs> what do you say? See you in hell is what he said. Uh, also to Bertoni, congratulations on raising the money for Donovan's book. So does this mean you're dressing up as Betty? Oh. Um, what I had originally said was that if Crawl Space could raise half the money, and I realized, you know, screw it. The, the money was raised. I don't care how much it came from Crawl Space, you know, so I'm going to fulfill my end of the bargain. Um, nice. I said that you, I said that the Crawl Space picks the character. Um, Betty was kind of like the headline grabber one because that's why I figured everyone picked. But if uh, 
I'll create a topic. I'll put it to an official vote, and uh, the dress-up will happen at Comic-Con. God help wow. us. God help me. But uh, yes, um, <laughs> I'm going to cry a little bit on the inside. The thing is, yeah. how would you dress as Betty that people would recognize you as the thing? Get a wig. Well, <laughs> about it. For, for Carl Spacewood, and I, I'd probably have to say say one of her famous catchphrases or cheat on somebody. I don't know. Could be nineties Betty with guns. I don't know. Oh anyway. Yeah. I'll I'll do nineties Betty. But I I did wanna um thank everybody from Crawl Space, you know, who helped contribute uh to the campaign. I, I think that it's really, really awesome and now the next step which is to, you know, get everything ready to deliver. Cool. Zach, who would make great villains for Kane? Uh, How about a guy named Sugar? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. That is the worst <laughs> oh, punt you've ever done. How about it's Abel? Sugar, oh. I mean, how about a guy? How about a guy who likes rice and call him Uncle Ben? <laughs> <laughs> and make him black. Let's, let's not forget that. <laughs> Man. So anybody? Anybody that? I, uh, all new. I, I think. I think the obvious choice is the jackal's got to be in his book. You know? Anyone yes. but the oh, jackal. God. God, the jackal and because every jackal and Kane story is the same way. Where like jackal's like, okay, and I decide I love you. Will you work for me again? Okay, and then jackal betrays him. That's happened like three times. <laughs> yeah, we need a new. We need a new story with that. Yeah. But anybody I, else you can think of? I, uh, I'll. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely. Think of something and post on my website. The Gibbon. Okay. Yeah. JVL ten thirty one. Uh, this is my second question for the podcast. Thank you for continuing to put such entertaining and informative show out. My question is for Mr. Douglas. Oh, here it is. On your recent slot versus the internet post, you mentioned that you were considering dropping Amazing Spider-Man due to Dan Slot and Steve Wacker's behavior on the message boards, and I was just wondering what would happen to the site if you did drop the title. Would you continue to host the podcast and add new content, or would you hand the reins over to someone else? Thank you for your time, and take care. Uh, basically, I don't want to get in too much into it, because, A, we've been on the show for four hours. But uh, Mr. Slot and Mr. Wacker and I have a disagreement over behavior. And Mr. Slot, Mr. Wacker, think you should behave online one way as a professional, and I think you should behave another way as a professional. And in the in the interim, uh, some people took Mr. Slot's side, some people took my side. I don't think you should roll around with trolls. I, if someone insults you, as a professional, you bite your tongue. You don't insult them back with just as much venom. Mr. Slot tends to disagree, and I respect his opinion. It's fine. However, some people, I think I was called, what was I called, a cunt? I was called uh, various other things by people, and I didn't respect Oh, okay, okay. Zach, I'm doing a pretty good job. Brad, well, let me I finish. was drunk when I called you those things. I'm sorry. It's all right. We're having some Romney and Linnell. But anyway, um, by, by those two essentially ticked me off with the, with the back and the forth. And I've been collecting Spider-Man. I'm, I'm going to be 37 in a couple days. And in the first time in the 30-plus years of collecting Amazing Spider-Man, I actually said, you know what? I don't want to give my money to these two people. And my love of Spider-Man far exceeds these two people. So if I gave up Amazing Spider-Man, would I end the crawl space? I don't know. Because I think the monthly output of Spider-Man is an essential part of having a Spider-Man website. 
you got to be able to debate. You got to be able to talk. I mean, I could have a, a website that would be updated every four or five years when a movie came out, but what kind of fun would that be? So I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to send it to Zach. The crawl space is now Zach Joyner's crawl space. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm just kidding. Oh, just, oh my god! The damn thing would never get updated. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> okay. Heaven forbid something could happen to Mr. Doug. Anyway, <laughs> which means you'd be able to see the site about five days out of the year. So anyway, to answer your answer your question, yes, I would close the crawl space. If I hated Spider-Man so much because of these two, yes, I would shut the whole damn thing down. Oh, That's I would, I, and I would, not, I would sit there not, and call you and say, why are you shutting them down? You're letting them win. Exactly. And I don't want them to win, and I just have a disagreement with them. We would avenge your death. And <laughs> I would rise like the phoenix and be the Hulk smash space. <laughs> I was my at work, part. and Brad and I were posting in like, that massive comment thread back and forth, you know, and like texting each other like, okay, I just replied to this guy. And then I saw like Brad's reply where he's like, I'm thinking of being an aging player. And I text him right away. I'm like, what? And then, like, Brad was, like, being, like, really, really coy with me. I'm like, what would happen to the podcast and website? And he's like, I guess I'd shut him down. And I texted him back, Douglas, snap out of it. And, like, for hours, <laughs> he didn't answer. Snap out of it. <laughs> he, 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 I was Nick Cage, and he was Cher, and he just bitch-slapped me. <laughs> well, yeah. the, the thing oh, is, oh, oh. I, I guarantee you, the, the number one thing that Slot and Wacker would love is for this site to go away. I would agree. And, so, and I mean, just 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 for that point alone, you have to keep it going. <laughs> you know what? I want to keep it going because I freaking love Spider-Man. I don't want to yeah. keep it going. I want to I want to piss these two off even more. Well, these two you are going to get pissed no matter no matter what. I mean, we I we disagree agree. on the direction of the books with them. That's what's pissing them off. Exactly. And um, so because someone's going to bring it up. Wacker said that he doesn't hate the site and that he enjoys the site. So I have to throw that it's in there. It's Spider-Man strip. That's the. <laughs> but he enjoys it so much you can't help trolling it all the time. Yeah. You know, in certain aspects in that whole in that whole debate, I think there were, I think both sides were, were had their points and were somewhat wrong. Uh, I think Dan Slott still behaved like an idiot and would not let. The fact that George Berryman had a slip of the key. Um, no, it's not a slip of the key. I mean, I just his thing was that uh, you know I was saying that he was telling fans to go f themselves when in all reality he had only told one fan to go f himself. And how dare I misrepresent him? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. The one time he never said it at all. Then it would never have happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, it doesn't matter to me if he said it to one or a hundred. I mean, that's your attitude. You know, I exactly. mean, when you're telling people to go f themselves. Now, you you converse, I mean, or you you can look at the other side of that, and you see how he addressed JMS and that big kerfuffle, mm-hmm. and, and it was professional. He addressed JMS the way he should address every fan. You know, exactly. And, and that whole debate now, Wacker and and Wade, that's a different. I mean, they you know, their their behavior <laughs> speaks for itself. I mean, they're just. Neither of them are professional, or at least they don't compose themselves professionally in a public fashion. You know, uh, Slot proved that he could; he just doesn't. Well, and the how Slot I think should have handled it. This is my opinion: is that he should have went to Brad via email because I mean Brad's email is pretty easy to, to decipher. Um, and say, look, it's on the front page. <laughs> yeah, it's on the front page. Uh, no. Say, look, Brad, I don't agree with this particular article. And left it at that. 
But no, he had to, you know. And and it's not like he hasn't had a, a a period of behavior where he's called out the site routinely, and um, you know we've we've jokingly said that we should have a, a sub topic called the shit that slot says, but uh, I mean, and I'm trying to pull I'm trying to pull up the the quote I can't actually find it what how out of nowhere Mr. Dick Move Wade uh, asked uh, essentially insulted all of us. Oh, he said yeah. he said that okay. all we are are. Little crying fanboys who who don't like the comics that that uh that came out before our mothers died and, and we can't get and over. And Mr. Waits, I, as far as I know, never posted on the site, never been to the yeah, site. And, and, I know. Hey, you know, this is from the guy that gave us Aunt May riding a dude. This is from a writer <laughs> who just gave us. I mean, seriously, the, this the story he just did for Spider-Man was so god awful bad I didn't even finish the second part. So pardon me, I don't really give two shits about what Mark Wade says about us or the site. I, I don't. I, 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 I cannot take the man seriously at all. There was just, I mean, I can understand Slot's uh, uh, aspersions with what was going on. Or not aspersions, but I can understand his uh, conflict because what had happened was that Brad took his behavior and said, is this something that should be done from a professional? And Slot felt that like he was being insulted and went to it publicly. So I can understand, Zach, that he didn't go to him privately and wanted to get it out publicly. Um, yeah. I'll give you that. I don't know what the fuck Mark Wade think, thought he was doing. He had no business <laughs> it at all. So he can just, you know... Talk about you know, did we? Can we find Mark Wade's quote anywhere? I'm trying to find it right. It's in the. Uh, it's at CBO. He he compared us to, to John Byrne, which in internet terms, in internet comic terms, is like the worst insult you can give a man. Oh man, John Byrne's message board. Oh my god, that place. Ooh. When Mark Wade, you know, actually spends time on the call space, then he can mention shit. Otherwise, yeah. he <laughs> shit. I love it. John Byrne's John Byrne's message board. That's like. Like, you want to talk about, like, Moss Eisley's, you know? Like, John Byrne's message board is like oh, the yeah, rainforest get... in Jabba's palace. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 no, nobody gets out of that shit alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, move. anybody else want to comment on the slot you know, professionalism? Uh, as the, I mean, just, just real quick, just real quick. Okay. My best thing to do is to try to express yourself in a professional manner. You know, both both sides, both sides. I'm not saying one right, one's right, one's wrong, black and white. Just try to be objective. Just try to be professional. Just try to be nice. And even if you are insulted, try to try to be as best as you can so you can hold your head above high. If you can't do that, then obviously the Internet is not for you. You can't, you know, actually go out into the real world and be an actual person. Dan Slott, he's talking to you. Oh. <laughs> Lockdown, Illinois. Hey, gang, I hope this month of love is treating you all well, especially yeah. since it's sleep here. One question for the entire gang. Where do you see the future of Horizon Labs, the cast, going, especially with the revela- revelation of Morbius? Do you uh, think this could stay as Peter's job from now on, or Marvel think that Peter will need to have his usual luck and end up in a place or end up close to his problems with jobs that have plagued him over, over the years? We'll see uh, a back-to-basics approach with another writer, and he'll then end the in the run at Horizon Labs. Well, now, wait a minute. Him having a, a high-dollar job at a, a genius think tank makes him completely relatable to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you better not Horizon Labs. Again, I, what George did there. <laughs> Horizon Labs will be around as long as, you know, this current editorial and writing team is on the title. When a new team comes on, they'll have their own pet characters and situations that they'll want to do because uh, Don and I talked about this sometime like a week or two ago. We're like, 
usually characters and were and places that were not introduced in the Lee Dicko or Lee Ramita run, they rarely survive. There's a few exceptions to the rule, like, you know, Glory Grant, but otherwise it's I, hey, I think ten years from now, you know, like he'll and even if it isn't in ten years from now, sometime in between now and ten years from now, he'll be working at the Bugle again as a photographer, and then, like, there'll be an interview on Newsarama where, like, this new writer will be like, you know, that's the classic status quo, you know, and this is what fans have been demanding, and Spider-Man feels wrong to me working in the think tank, you know. I want to get back to the classic stories where Spider-Man's a newspaper photographer for the Daily Bugle, the so that's where there's the most story. It's the default Peter Parker is him working for the Bugle as a photographer. That's right. what the default is. And, uh, <laughs> Except there won't be any newspapers to work for in ten years' time. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Maybe he'll... Spider-Man will be a period piece. He'll work for the news somehow. The online digital Daily Bugle, I guess. French yeah. comics will die before newspapers will, I think. <laughs> so we yeah, won't have no, to they, worry that, about it? Or Tony Stark will. <laughs> Comics will die before papers. Oh, damn. Well, print comics uh, will die before papers. You might be reading it on, you know, an iPad or, you know, a subway, you know, billboard. Yeah, print. Right. Yeah, they're going to go away in print. Uh, Did I miss? Oh, I think I've got all of them, don't I? Oh, uh, uh, question for Josh about what do you think of every Power Rangers show after the original? We're going to end with that? Damn. You know, I want Power Rangers. Damn. I, I I saw um before the the question got edited and unedited, like he mentioned, oh, you used to have that like woman coming out of the moon, you know, as your avatar, and I was thinking, yeah, the the one that like uh, spanked someone in Fight Club a year ago, and I still get shit for that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I never watched any Power Rangers back in the day. I um, uh, I, I have to say that it, it the quality certainly went down after uh... the quality. I heard like. <laughs> These God. Power Ranger fans, like, like because there's, like, like they have, like, these cons called Morphicon. Like, there are people who are into Power Rangers the way that we're into Spider-Man. And, like, to them, like, the show got better with, like, the like, like some of the other seasons. But I never got that far because after it got to Zio, it wasn't my Power Rangers anymore. Their base looked different. Most of them were gone from, like, when I was a kid. And... Yeah. I was getting a little older, you know, I wasn't into Power Rangers anymore, I was into Spider-Man, and when you're a kid, when you, like, get into a new thing, you completely, like, disown the thing that you were previously into beforehand, yeah. and when I've gone back and I've watched, like, old Power Ranger episodes, you know, <laughs> to make fun of them, it's, I, I realize, like, if it wasn't for being a kid, I don't know if I would have followed this, because the quality of these old ones are, like, really, really bad. Yeah. I, I just watch them now, because it's a combination of nostalgia hilarity and, like, childhood revelations about how bad the special effects really were. Like, apparently, three of the original Power Rangers, when they left the show, they were, like, <laughs> they were being played Thank by God. stunt doubles for, like, ten episodes, and I never knew. But, like, it was really obvious. Hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, you don't, there's a lot of things you don't realize when, I think, when you're a little kid and... And you still have that sense of wonder because you think that in the in the back of your mind you think that these could be real people and and yeah. uh, okay. and well two well two things on that though you know what uh, Brad recently yes, sir. I, I tried to go back and I tried to watch Masters of the Universe you know the He-Man cartoon from like the mid '80s you know yeah. I say oh look it's on Netflix I'll uh, I'll walk that memory lane oh God I walked that memory lane for about a half an hour and then I said holy shit that was awful. <laughs> 
All right, now number two, all of what Bertone yeah. says, that does nothing to change uh, the fact that Amy and Joe Johnson are smoking hot. <laughs> That's true. Indeed. You know, uh, before we go around a bit for final thoughts, Jr. I didn't hear any, uh, your two cents about this this BD versus slot thing that went down on the front page. Well, that's because I deliberately avoided offering any. <laughs> you don't have any two cents on it? Professionalism? Should you reply to the trolls? Should you get wallow in the mud with them? Should you insult them as good as they insult you back? If you're a professional writer? Uh... <laughs> I really think it was something that could have been avoided. I really, uh, I don't have anything to add to the whole thing. It was, it's a, it's an episode best forgotten, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, the lost episode. I can't find that quote anywhere. I'm looking for... I know, dude. It's probably deleted from CBR. Oh, no, because they don't sanitize oh. anything. Yeah, it's already, it's already been, it's already been sprinkling. I replied to it with like a picture I, of him holding the um, I love the coffee sign. Here, I might edit this part out. I want to find it. <laughs> you're not going to edit this out at all. Why yeah, are you never? Gonna, oh, yeah, this I'm going to edit this out, right. and then we hear it in the you not, You absolutely not edit this out. And people at home right, right now Douglas, are going, WTF is Brad Douglas doing? Why don't they just why wrap up Brad, the show? Why, is why isn't not the music starting now? Yeah, what? I want to hear the 70s Spider-Man closing credit themes. Come on, send it in. I have to wait 25 seconds before I can search on CBR again. That should be a sign to shut the fuck up. All right, final thoughts. <laughs> well, that, that's as much as my attention span's going to let me go. <laughs> I cannot wait 30, 25 seconds oh. to search CBR again. Okay, now it's nine seconds. Okay, um, oh, for Tony, final thoughts, sir. How, how many miles have you traveled in this show? 206.4 miles. And uh, I, wow. I, while, while Zach was talking before, I passed a big sign that said Dusty's. And I was like, oh, that's a sign. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, that's Zach's nickname. So. Yes, that's true. Uh, JR, any final thoughts, sir? Oh, God. After what? Four and a half hours or more or whatever? Uh Gee, I guess I should go upstairs and wish my wife a very special happy Valentine's Day, huh? <laughs> okay, found it. Quote oh. by Mark Wade. It's a really, truly horrible, venomous, and ghastly place run by a serious, lunatic, fringe element. This is about the crawlspace. I don't know why Dan even bothers with these admins, whose basic criticism of everything there is boils down to, why can't comics be like they were when mommy was alive it's a more depressing sight than the john byrne message boards and that's really something unquote say that, say that from the guy who wrote who gave us aunt may riding the guy yeah <laughs> Dan Slott, uh tweeted to him after that mark wade you are like my new favorite person oh uh, there you go so uh, anyway final thoughts <laughs> with and, zach and, uh, i think that was a dick move there dark mark wade to make that statement. <laughs> oh, you know. Mark. Last time I checked, my mom was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so was mine. Uh, you know, uh, check out Clones Like a Chronicle, Spidey.com, all that good jazz, and uh, we'll definitely be having an episode very, very soon featuring the Scarlet Spider new, new, Scarlet Spider's new title covering issue one and two. And Scarlet Spider review number two should be on the front page any second? Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I gotta add some images and stuff, but yeah. Cool. 
George, final final thoughts, sir. Um, I got nothing. I'm, I'm kind of hungry. I got some low main fridge. I'm gonna hit hard. Low main, Jr. I'm glad you're back this month. Thank it's always you. a pleasure, always, sir. Always good to be here. Any advice for the uh, the guy that's single on Valentine's Day or the guy that's married on Valentine's Day? Jr. Go. <laughs> if you're single, stay single. If yes. you're married, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'll die a slow, painful death that lasts for several decades. Kind of like being uh, devoured by the Sarkalac sarc- or whatever. So. Sarlac. Sarlac, thank you. Oh, yeah, Boba Fett style. Donovan, Don- <coughs> final thoughts, sir. Your life is better if you stay away from Mrs. Boards. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. That uh, needs oh. to be in a fortune cookie. Um, right, right, right before I went on the boat, I said to Donovan, I'm so glad to be getting away from these fucking comic book lunatics. Live long and prosper. That's what I have. There you go. There you go. Everybody, happy Valentine's Day. This will probably come out after the 14th. This will probably come out next month. This is from the person who updates his website once a year. Touche. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Touche. By the way, Touché. sorry about the, all the technical difficulties. Hey, we call it Tuesday here at the Crawl Space with Zach. <laughs> it is referred to as Tuesday. It's all good. It's all good. Thank you guys for being in line for four hours. No, how many hours? Four hours and 43 minutes. My God. Oh, dude. You all right, gang. Got rid of most of my trip. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I have, now, now for some reason, I have I have to find uh, a friendly local porn dealer who can get me Spider-Man, Triple X. No. There's an issue with uh, Daredevil uh, uh, after Karen Page dies where he goes to, like, the porn section of a store and, like, touches a videotape that, like, of porn that Karen Page did back in her junkie days, and he starts crying, and the clerks are like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I feel it's like, like, I, it's like uh, White Trash Crack Hose number five or something like that. White... <laughs> She's dressed as she's dressed as a devil, which is you know you see what they did there. Oh, uh, was she really? That's funny. Yeah, it, it was a really weird. <laughs> it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a sad scene, but it was hilarious. <laughs> she's like Matt Murdock crying in the porn section of a store. <laughs> Why is Matt Murdock in a porn shop to begin with? He was in a vi- like a regular video He's blind. Store, like... <laughs> and, and... <laughs> He's blind. He on the ethereal uh, how is he looking at the cover and crying? Is there Braille porn? So, so <laughs> her two-dimensional image on the cover is making a sound? <laughs> <laughs> this might have to go in. <laughs> is there a preview button? Are you still, are you still uh, recording? Yeah, I am. <laughs> he was in there, like, getting a documentary or something, but then Echo, who was, like, oh, the villain of the issue, like, came please. in, and he had to hide from Echo, so he hides in the porn section. And, like, oh, when no. he hides, he, like, I guess, like, he can, like, see by touch sometimes, depending on the writer. So he was, like, for some reason, he was touching the porn base, and he found Karen. And that's a wrap. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. A spider example of their great prices is on the Spider-Man Flying Blind hardcover. 
This one collects the recent Vulture storyline from Amazing, where the Vulture recruits from young kids to do his bidding. It also has the Daredevil Spider-Man team-up that we recently reviewed, and it collects Amazing Spider-Man number 674 to 677, along with Daredevil number 8. The cover price for the book is $19.99. Mail order has it for just $12.39. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Also, you can friend them on Facebook. Just type in Mail Order Comics in the search bar. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>